The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Last month, the Federal Reserve threw us all a curveball and raised interest rates by 75 basis points, higher than the 50 basis point hike that we all expected. So what are they going to do this week? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, and today I'm joined by Joe Camarieri. He's the Executive Vice President of Sales and Strategy at Mortgage Cadence. Joe, thanks for joining me. Nice to meet you. So, Joe, I guess just to start it off, what do you expect? Do you think they'll follow through with another 75 basis point hike? Could they get more aggressive? What do you think is going to happen this week? I'd like to think it's going to be less than 75. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. Everything's unpredictable these days, right? They're, they're <laughs> when you look, right, right. You, look at, you look at interest rates, you look at housing, you look at all the dynamics, uh, you know, you look at what's happened in the mortgage markets and, and all those type of things. I would, have, I would have never been able to predict, you know, the nuances of everything that's happening right now. So... Why do, why do you think 50? Because I think, I think a lot of what we've heard is 75. I mean, certainly none of the data coming in is good. And, and of course, you also have them taking a break in August. So I think they want to come strong. Why do you think it would be more like a 50? Well, I, I think there's a couple different things, right? So there are, there are if, you, if you just, you know, my background obviously is in the mortgage and the real estate space, right? right. So if you look at, you know, everyone says there's a housing shortage, and statistically, there is, but there's a, a housing shortage in the segments of housing uh, where there's the greatest demand. There is not necessarily a housing shortage for large homes, right? Uh, there's there's plenty on the market. Um, so so that so that's so put that aside, right? The the only part of the mortgage market that the actually Fed rate impacts are those mortgages that ultimately end up on the balance sheet of a, of a financial institution. So, you know, if you want to completely choke off everything in real estate, <laughs> you'd, you'd raise the underlying rates associated with being able to get jumbo loans and buy the, buy the only homes that are actually on the market. So I'm hoping anyway, there's some sensitivity to that, given the fact that, you know, housing and real estate is a, a little bit of a disaster right now. If you, if you read the re- newspapers and the, jo- the jobs reports, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's critical. I'm hoping, okay, that, that you know, we don't go all the way up another 75 basis points because that, that could likely choke off, you know, all real estate transactions. Um, certainly not refis are gone, but even some of the, even where, the, where there's an opportunity to purchase homes. And that's interesting because because certainly even uh, Chairman Jerome Powell has pointed to the housing market as one of the things that the Fed is really watching here when they try to figure out what to do with the economy, you know, more so than than some of the other sectors where we're seeing inflation. Housing is something that they're they're watching closely. And of course, uh, you know, some of the spikes in prices and, and in rents that we've seen recently aren't even showing up in the inflation data. 
But at the same time, you know, if you're looking at real-time information, we're seeing more and more prices are stabilizing uh, a little bit. Certainly, they're not going up as fast. Do you do you think that that's something the Fed will look at then and say, oh, maybe things are 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 cooling off and, and we don't need to be as aggressive? That's that's what I, that's what I'm hoping. That's what, I mean. That's what the stats should say, right? You know what's uh, what's what's really really interesting. You know, my my very my very first class and my very first year in college, I had an English professor. And he walked into the class and he said, I, I don't I don't buy newspapers, read by newspaper. I don't read magazines. I don't have a TV or a radio, but I know more about current events than anybody in this room. Right. So a bunch of college kids were all like, oh, how's that be? Right. And he said, because if you don't put your hands on it, history will always repeat itself. He says the places might change. The names might change, but the circumstances will always repeat itself. Right. So if, if you look back, at, if you look, you know. Housing, housing prices and interest rates have always been counter cyclical. And if you, and if you, you look back to the data from 1962, when home prices would rise significantly, interest rates would drop. And when you look at the average monthly payment, of course, it, it substantially it increased year over year, but, but never very predictably, right? Until 2009. And in 2009, somebody put their hands on it and we had you know, interest rates plummeted and housing prices plummeted, right? So we get ourselves out of the credit crisis. And in 2019, right before the pandemic, if you look at that five or six months, housing prices were skyrocketing and interest rates were skyrocketing, right? So it was correcting, history was correcting itself. Then again, that pandemic, somebody put their hands on it, all right? So now we come out of it, we have high price. We have high, rising interest rates. We have, you know, substantially rising appreciation. There is there is a correction beginning. Okay, the natural course of events is there's going to be a correction. I think we're starting to see a little bit of that right now. And and either either way, I think we all agree the Fed is of course going to going to raise the rates, yes. and there's a good chance they'll do it again in in September when they come back. How much of an influence do you think that will have on the mortgage rates? going forward? Or do you think people are paying more attention to what's going on? Obviously, we've seen them tick up with fears once again about a recession. What, what are, What's going to have a bigger factor here? Well, it'll it'll definitely have an impact on, on a segment of product, right? It'll have an impact on, on loans that end up on balance sheets of financial institutions, right? Um, because it's they're just trying to get a spread on the cost of funds. If the cost of funds goes up, the rates go up, right? And if the rates go up, then People either become unqualified or or get discouraged. All right, so it's definitely going to have an impact on that segment. Which, generally speaking, um, even though you know, probably with the appreciation that's happened so dramatically in the last six to eight months, probably maybe five seven percent of the market. But for the most part, okay, your your agency business and things like that, mortgage rates are really more a function of you know. Whether you want your money in bonds, which is kind of a lower yield, something safe, or, in the, or you're willing to take a risk on the economy and the stock market, right? And it's that flow of money that actually is 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 really what's controlling conforming rates, not necessarily the Fed. So, um, you know, if rising rates gives people more confidence in the economy, which means people will start putting money in the stock market again. Right. Well, then 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 that is what that will be what creates the volatility in, in agency rates. 
Okay. But, but generally speaking, the actual net effect of the Fed rate is, is less than 10%. We'll have an impact of less than 10% from a product perspective. Don't miss the nation's largest show for successful mortgage pros. Originator Connect returns to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, August 18th through the 21st. See us at originatorconnect.com. It's simply the greatest mortgage conference in the known universe. Originatorconnect.com. Right. So it sounds like you're saying the more important thing is that the Fed, whatever they do, they give the perception that we've, we've got this under control finally. And even even Jerome Powell has said, you know, you the, one of the things they're really worried about is things like consumer sentiment, because you can talk yeah. about the underlying numbers all you want. If people think there is inflation and we're headed to re- for a recession and they believe that's strong enough, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So is it that sentiment that really matters more here? I Absolutely. Yeah, when it comes when it comes to actually seventy two percent or so of uh, of the market, which would be a Fannie, a Freddie, a Ginny, right? Um, absolutely, it makes all the difference in the world. And so, you know, coming from a mortgage background, and of course, that's that's the the large part of our audience. As you're dealing with with customers who are worried about where things are going, are there things you can say to 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 talk with them about this and, and address their concerns and maybe get them to have the confidence to, to close a loan right now? Yeah, I would say there's a, yeah, there's, there's, there's a number of things, right? Like, so here's, here's the other interesting aspect of it, you know, no matter what the fed does, and of course they're making strategic moves based on all the things we've just talked about, right? There, there is, there is some certainty though, that a year from now we'll be getting the campaign season of a presidential election. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you, and again, if you look back in history, the campaign season of a presidential election, hook or crook, the economy is always great, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so uh, you know, we got to hang in there for a year, okay? Until you know, until there's a there's a, a just even a political environment and a motivation to dramatically improve things, okay? Um, but you, you could almost set your watch on it. So, I wouldn't discourage anybody buying a house today. Uh, but what should be what should be exciting about I think not only consumers, okay, but even mortgage lenders who are going through a rough time right now, is when interest rates drop, they will drop. They will likely drop significantly, and we'll have eighteen months worth of five and six percent interest rates to refinance over the next year and a half or two, next year and a half or two, right? So both consumers will benefit from that, uh, as well as mortgage lenders, especially. You know, if you're a consumer and you, you found the house of your dreams and you're you should pull the trigger right now, knowing that before you really get too far into the amortization of your loan, you're likely going to have an opportunity to refinance at a lower rate and a lower payment. Yeah. And certainly, you know, the, the handful of times we've seen a president run on bad economies like 92 or 08, it's, you know, you're you're. You're probably going to lose running in a, in a down economy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just lastly, um, you know, sort of. Again, back to that that consumer who's sort of on the edge. You know, we we've seen origination and, and sales slipping as understand uh, predictably as as rates go up. Could we be looking at a situation if people think there's going to be another spike in rates, whether it's recession concerns, the Fed, whatever it is? Do we think we could see a quick bump back up as people who are on the fence say, "If I want a house, I got to get it now"? Or what do you think might happen over the next couple of weeks and months? Well, you know, historically, um, it's 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 hard to sell. It's, you know, once you get in, once you, the kids go back to school, okay. Uh, it's hard to sell a house. You get a little, you get a little bump, uh, bump before the hall in before the holiday bump, just like, it, you know, as a natural, 
Uh, but once you, you know, once you start sliding in the end of October, the beginning of November, generally speaking, people become disinterested in buying it. Right. Um, so I don't I don't think it's going to be I don't think we're going to see a rush to get in before another interest rate hike. What I do see is an opportunity because we're actually seeing it in our business today is, you know, for, for the first time since the credit crisis, uh, product innovation has returned to the mortgage industry. Okay, so we're seeing that that whole concept of non-QM loans, looking at income differently. Okay, nothing nothing too crazy. Okay, but they're they're the products starting to fill in for those buyers who had difficulty get you know qualifying for in a way that's you know traditionally the agencies would drive that right. So I think you're going to I think product innovation is going to open up the market to some consumers who have been left out since the credit crisis and all the controls and, and the stringent credit criteria and documentation and income criteria. So if there is a little bump, I don't think it's going to be anxiety about rates. I think you see a little bit bump because there's now a product out there that a, some segment of the population can get into to help them buy a house. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with all those gig workers who don't meet the uh, conventional criteria. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for your insight. And uh, of course, we'll be watching what the Fed does this week. Yep. Should be interesting. Thank you. And we'll have your headlines right after this message from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Here's your headlines for today, July 25th. Guild Mortgage is changing how it evaluates credit worthiness as a way to work with new borrowers. The company has launched a new complete rate program that lets potential borrowers use rent history and other information to qualify for a loan. Borrowers who have no credit score can still qualify for lower rates under the program if they have a history of consistent rent payments and good residual income. And Fannie Mae has a new Chief Human Resources Officer. Katie Jones will take over the role August 1st. She'll lead all aspects of Fannie Mae's Human Resources strategy, including working with officers across the enterprise with offices like Fannie Mae's Office of Minority and Women Inclusion to ensure the company has a comprehensive HR strategy that promotes a diverse and inclusive workplace. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.